They want to jump past the vulnerability that happens when you slowly open yourself to somebody. And I mean, slowly, that could be in a two and three hour date one night, or it could be over two or three months or two or three years or two or three decades. Like for me, that's what turns me on. Vulnerability, like real vulnerability, not forced vulnerability, but just someone being honest and opening up about who they are and their life experiences. I mean, it's why I have a podcast. It's, it's why I'm a writer. It's why I work with writers because I am fascinated by that. I'm turned on by it. I think it's so profoundly beautiful for me. Like that's what I'm going for. And you just can't leap into that when you're texting someone on an app, you don't even know their last name or where they grew up or what their childhood was like or what their first time having sex was like, or, you know, those are the things that make us up as people. You're listening to the MILF Podcast. This is the show where we talk about motherhood and sexuality with amazing women with fascinating stories to share on the joys of being a MILF. Now here's your host, the MILFiest MILF I know, Jennifer Tracy. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. This is MILF Podcast, the show where we talk about motherhood, entrepreneurship, sexuality, and everything in between. I am Jennifer Tracy, your host. Welcome. It is September. Summer is officially over, which is many things, right? It's it's a little sad. It's also exciting. There's like a fresh Christmas, crispness, not Christmas yet. Don't let me, don't, I'm not rushing you. <laughs> There's a fresh crispness in the air, even though here in Los Angeles, September, October, and now November, thank you, global warming, um, are the hottest months of the year. But most places, there's like a cool, crisp breeze and the leaves are starting to change maybe or thinking about changing. And uh, there's something really cool about that. I always loved the fall. I still love the fall, even though I have to wait until December to get it here in LA, but I'm not complaining. Uh, maybe a little bit. Yeah. I had an amazing summer. I got to travel with my son. We went to Hawaii on a vacation, just the two of us. It was magical. It was his first time being there since he was five months old. So he didn't really remember it, but he really discovered for the first time, the magic of the islands and the water there. And just there's a quality there that is unlike any other place that I've been. And that was really fun to watch. And and the bonding that happened between us and the things that we were able to talk about that we don't have the time or the space or that it just doesn't flow in a natural way when we're in our normal routine, even when it's summertime. There, so there's something wonderful about traveling that I forget because I, I don't usually take time to do it, but we did. And I'm so glad we did. And, you know, I learned new things about him and I think he learned new things about me. And, and it was really, really, really lovely. I'm so grateful I was able to have that time. So, but now uh, school's back in session and, and here we are. And uh, this month's give. So for September, I chose Amnesty International because the Dynasty typewriter was doing this thing where they were promoting Amnesty International and if you made a donation, you got a, like a little fun sign on the marquee. And so I did that, not for the marquee, because I was already on the marquee uh, before when I had my live show there at the beautiful Dynasty Typewriter, such an amazing theater. You should go check out their shows if you're here in LA. They have an amazing roster of comedians and um, improv shows and live podcasts. So really, it's a beautiful space. But anyway, the, the great thing about that was that it turned me back onto Amnesty International. I knew who they were. I knew of them. 
but I didn't really know how they operated. And when I went to their website to make my donation, I learned so much more. And so their website is amnesty.org. One of the many things that's really cool about this organization is they have been around for a long time and they have so many roots in so many different places because they're doing, they're fighting for human rights. I mean, all over the world and they have roots and teams and actionable things happening in every country in the world. So you can choose a country to donate to. If there's something that is important to you there, you can choose a cause to donate to. You can donate for women's rights. You can donate to protect activists in countries where they're not allowed to speak their voice. They don't have free speech. You can uh, donate for free speech. Check it out. I always encourage just people to really look at what's out there. If you can't make a difference yourself, you know, by like going, because especially, you know, when you're a mom of a small child, you can't really drop everything and go to South Africa or the Faroe Islands or Ethiopia, you know, and, and work for a month. I mean, I guess you could. I'm sure people do that have small children, but it's really difficult. And so if you can donate money to someone who can dedicate that time, then at least it's, you know, for me, it just feels like I'm doing something um, as much or as little as you can. And every, every dollar counts. So check them out, amnesty.org. Um, I'm going to get a little more involved with them. And so I'll be sharing kind of what I'm learning along the way, you know, and with that, I also just want to give thanks to my MILF podcast team because I can't do this alone. (laughs) I'm just so grateful to my wonderful producer, Sarah, who really holds this whole thing together for me and keeps me on track, reminds me like, hey, you need to do this, (laughs) you know, always very gently. And Sarah, I love you so much. Our amazing editor, Derek my show notes writer, Kevin, Liz, who keeps everything running on time and is just always so impeccable. I really appreciate you, Liz. Corinne and the other Sarah on the other side of the country who helped me get my message out and get my courses together for my writing courses and help me promote my brand um, so that people know who I am and what I'm doing and how I'm trying to elevate women's voices and women's stories. And that's how many people it takes, guys, at least for me, at least for this broad. That's how many people it takes. And there's always more adding every day. Oh, and Sky, Sky just came on board and we love Sky. She's so beautiful and amazing. And she just helps me keep my life organized um, and keep all these different pieces of the puzzle organized. So I do not, not only to publicly thank them um, because they deserve that, and um, but I also do it to let you guys know that I don't do this by myself and it it looks the way it looks because I have a team of people that help me do it. And that's a perfect lead in to thank our sponsor for this week's show, Flirty Girl Guide. So Flirty Girl Guide is my friend, Brooke Christian. Brooke Christian was on the show um, in episode 23. She is delightful. She's become a really close friend. I'm so honored to say Flirty Girl Guide is a curated website. Well, she's a lot of things. She does a blog. She just launched her new podcast called Sexy as a Mother, which I will be a guest on. I'm so excited. We recorded our episode um, a couple weeks ago. But when you go on the site, so it's it's flirtygirlguide.com. She has all these beautiful curated kits of sex toys. Now, what's so great about Brooke and her messaging is she's a mom. You know, she's saying to women you know, married, not married, kids, no kids, but especially those of us that 
are moms, um, it just, it's harder to find that time. And for me, I'll speak for myself, and many of the women that I've interviewed have said so on the show, it's really hard to find not only the time for sex, but just the desire. And it's in there, it's still in there, but it's really hard to get in touch with it. And it's hard to find it with your partner when you've been together for a long time, or, you know, it's, it's easy to get complacent in that area. Obviously, she has all these really fun curated kits on here and she has couples toys. She has a couple of my favorite vibrators on here. One is the Lilo, the womanizer um, that I just discovered through a friend. And um, my other vibrator is a Lilo. She has, oh, oh, 50 shades of gray, the pinch nipple clamps. I mean, why not? Different lubricants, which we all know we need to have the good lubricants, not the crappy ones. Yeah, check her out. And also for my MILF listeners, she has been so generous and given everyone who listens to my show a 10% discount with the exclusive code MILF10. So when you go to make your purchase, just use the discount code MILF10 and you get 10% off everything. So thank you, Flirty Girl Guide, and keep your eyes out for Sexy as a Mother, the podcast. Uh, Go listen. And keep your eyes out for my episode. I'm really excited. We had a really saucy talk in my office. She came out to LA and we got to do it. The podcast, not have sex. But you never know. You never know. Guys, this week, it's just me. It's just me on the show. I don't have a guest on the show. What do you think about that? How do you feel? Well, let me tell you what I'm going to be talking about. I'm going to be talking about something that I really don't talk about that often. And yet, I have been asked Many times, I'm going to take a sip of water because my mouth just got dry, I think because I'm nervous. Um, I've been asked to talk about this many times and I've just said, no, I'm not ready. And that's really, really personal. But I'm ready. (laughs) And I'm going to talk about dating. I'm going to talk about dating as a single woman in her mid 40s, which I am all Um, a single mom. I mean, it's challenges and it the hilarity of it and the loneliness of it and the swipe app generation and how, you know, that's really challenging to just dive into as an older person who didn't kind of grow up with smartphones. So here I go. So I have been separated since, uh, December of 2016, we separated and then um, we, our divorce was final this last October, 2018. So it took a minute, but, um, you know, after we were separated about, I think three months in, my husband said, you know, I want to take monogamy off the table. And I said, okay, you know, I knew that that meant that he was one to date women and I just sort of sat with that for a while, which is fine. I mean, you know, we were separated and that's what he wanted and I respected that. And then several months later, I want to say it was August of 2017, I decided to try the app thing on the urgings of several girlfriends and one of my guy friends um, uh, who uh, is gay and he was on the apps. And having success in meeting men. And, and I said, okay, 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 I'll do it. And so I did it. And the long short of that was I was only on it for, I don't know, maybe three months. 
And I went on a lot of dates with a lot of really young guys. I didn't know I needed to set the age thing. So I kept getting all these like 25 year olds wanting to take me out. And I was like, oh, and I thought, well, let me just try that. Like, I don't know. Why not? Like that, that seems kind of milfy, you know, they were all sweet. Like every person that I met and every person that I have met in person has been very kind and sweet and, you know, just, just wasn't a match from the apps. And, but I found that like, at the time I was 42, I guess I was 42, 41, 42, I guess. Yeah. No, I was 42. You know, these guys are 25, 26, 27. Like it was, it was difficult to find, at least with those pairings. I know many people that are married, happily married with people that are 20 years younger than they are. Um, And they have lots to talk about. So, I mean, it really just depends on the pairing, but these boys that I was going out with, you know, a lot of them were just wanting to talk about college or, you know, what their new job was, because that was the, the maximum experience that they had so far. Like, you know, and I remember that. I remember being that age and talking about college and high school. And that's your experience level at that point. So I got off the apps. I had a couple of crazy experiences on the apps that, you know, one guy just texting on the app wanted me to fuck his dog. I don't think he wanted me to come over and fuck his dog, but he kept saying, like text sexting me about the dog and what the dog would be doing to me. I wish I'd kept it. I wish I'd kept it because I would read it to you guys. And I said, wait, am I petting the dog? He's like, no, the dog is doing this. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. This is, I'm not, no, no, no. I'm not into that. I'm not into that. I'm into, I'm into sex with, with human beings. And he said, I remember he said, oh, come on. It's my fantasy. Just go with it. You know? And I just was like, okay, delete. Because there again, it was like, I was even giving him the benefit of the doubt saying, oh no, let me clarify for you. (laughs) You know, let me clarify what I'm into, even though it was clear, like he didn't give a shit what I was into, (laughs) you know? And I find that that is common. Um, Not always, but it does happen a lot with these online things because the anonymity allows people to act in a certain way that they probably wouldn't act I mean, very most likely would not act in person or on a phone call, right? So they can be very um, deviant isn't the right word, but just their their dirtiest selves. And which isn't a bad thing, but it's like, again, I was talking with someone yesterday about how, because I just went on the apps again. So I'm going to fast forward. So I just went on again 12 days ago, and I just deleted it after 12 days of it because I had a date last night that went awry, which I will share some pieces of it with you. But what happens more often, I think, and in my experience, and in many of my girlfriend's experiences who are on these apps, is that there's this leap that people want to take. And I'm saying people because I don't feel like it's fair to say it's just men, even though I'm only dealing with men, that's what I'm dating, cisgender men, is that there's this leap that people want to take. They want to skip all of the groundwork that, in my opinion, is paramount to building any kind of intimacy or real intimacy. And I guess, you know, people can have meaningless sex and that's totally okay. Totally okay. As long as you're being safe and protecting your body and you're not hurting anyone else, go for it. Have as much sex as you want. I think that that is great. It's liberating. 
it's not for me. It's never been for me. It doesn't feel good for me. It doesn't satiate anything for me. But I have, I absolutely, I support anyone in doing what they need to do that feels good in their body and their sexuality and expressing that as long as it's not harming themselves or someone else. And that's everything, like literally everything. I made a joke in my opening monologue for my live show a couple of weeks ago about how one of these young guys that I had dated, you know, that's how I learned what ass play was. And not that I didn't know about anal sex, not that I didn't know about pegging, not that I didn't know about those things, but I'd never heard it called ass play. And I didn't know that many young millennial men currently are into having their ass played with. And that's fine. That's totally healthy and fine. The anus is full of amazing nerves that make sex incredible. I get that. I'm not opposed to that. The thing that I was talking about in that monologue is that this young man kind of put that on the table when we really didn't know each other at all. And for me, it was almost like, I like orange juice, you know? And I just felt like, well, it was just the wrong time and the wrong place to bring it up. There wasn't an intimate moment even happening, intimate emotionally, intimate intellectually. It was just sort of this thing that he kind of lobbed out on the table that I thought, is this, wait, what? <laughs> and I, I didn't even know what it was. I had to ask him to clarify what he meant. So I think there's this thing that happens where people want to just jump past all of the vulnerability, because that's really what it is, because that's really fucking scary. They want to jump past the vulnerability that happens when you slowly open yourself to somebody. And I mean, slowly, that could be in a two and three hour date one night, or it could be over two or three months or two or three years or two or three decades. Like for me, that's what turns me on. Vulnerability, like real vulnerability, not forced vulnerability, but just someone being honest and opening up about who they are and their life experiences. I mean, it's why I have a podcast. It's it's why I'm a writer. It's why I work with writers because I am fascinated by that. I'm turned on by it. I think it's so profoundly beautiful. For me, like that's what I'm going for. And you just can't leap into that when you're texting someone on an app, you don't even know their last name or where they grew up or what their childhood was like or what their first time having sex was like or you know, those are the things that make us up as people. Just as much as my son's vacation with me to Maui is now a part of the fabric of his being, you know, that he had those experiences, that he laughed at something that someone did in the ocean next to him when they, you know what I mean? Um, that some girl popped up out of the pool and her top was off and he saw her breasts and thought that was just crazy and hilarious. And oh my God, he couldn't stop giggling about it. And he'll always remember that. So anyway, I'm, I'm digressing, but I think that, and for me, ultimately, that's why I shut off the app again this time was because I felt like, and I will get to the date. You guys will get, <laughs> you'll get some of the details. I just felt like I was swiping left. So swiping left on the app that I was on. There's so many apps. Oh my God, there's so many apps. There's Tinder, there's Hinge, there's Raya. There's the one I was on a couple of years ago was called The League. There's Bumble, of course. There's, um, I mean, I don't even know. There's just one, a new one every day. Coffee, coffee meets bagel. I don't know. It's a lot. And that's, I think how, you know, everyone would say to me, well, that's how people meet. That's how people meet. And I was like, mm, is it? I mean, it is. It is a way, but it's not the only way. I just didn't want to have to keep looking through all of these. And it made me sad. It made me lonely looking at all of these men 
who had posted their things on there, some of them were hiding behind, you know, either a no profile picture or, you know, a totally self-deprecating bio that said, I'm one that said, I'm a piece of shit. You probably shouldn't date me. And it was this really cute person. And I just thought, why would you put that? Do you think that's funny? I guess you think that's funny. I don't know. Outlandish photos. I thought of this live show that I actually want to do called Swipe Wrong, where we have uh, just the most outlandish ones. And we would like black, like pixelate the face to keep it anonymous. But just outlandish profile pictures that you're like, what is this person thinking and why? Why are they doing this? I don't understand what's behind that. Um, but it's fascinating, again, like what led that person to doing that? Okay, so I'm going to back up. I was on this apps from, this is so weird. This is vulnerable. Like I'm talking to you guys. I don't have a guest. I'm not focusing on another person. I have to go back to what I was saying about myself talking about this thing that I have not spoken about publicly because I wanted to be respectful of my ex-husband and my child. And But there's been enough ask from listeners and, and friends of mine that I'm, and then this thing happened that I'm like ready to, I think it needs to be talked about. And I want to like open up more dialogue among, among people about it. Um, in this way. So I was on the apps from August of 2017 to December, right? And then I went off it. And then, and then I met someone. I met someone in February of 2018 at a bar. I was at my friend's gig. She was doing a show and I met him and she knew him and he knew of me. So we kind of both knew we were going to be there at the same time. So it wasn't really a setup, but it was sort of a date, but it wasn't, but it was, but it was. We fell in love. Like it was, it was instant. It was magical. It was amazing. And I was so surprised and shocked. And, and then I got sick. I got really sick like 10 days later. I think we, we met for lunch a week later and we had this really sweet lunch and, and walked across the street for coffee and we held hands and you know, made plans for an evening date. And then I got really sick and I couldn't see him for like three weeks. So all we could do was text and talk on the phone because I was just really, really sick and contagious and, you know, and that slow, like getting to know each other in that way was really romantic and really sweet and really vulnerable. And then we dated and then, (laughs) and then he broke up with me in April for nothing, which I won't, disclose all of that because I want to respect him as well. But he broke up with me and then we got back together, broke up, got back together, broke up, got back together, and finally broke up again for the last time this past March. And I was devastated and have been devastated, um, but also like accepting of what is. And um, I love this man and I wish him well and he's a remarkable human being and it just didn't work out. And that's the way things go sometimes. So it's been five months. My girlfriends have been saying, you need to get on the apps. You need to get on the apps. You need to get on the apps. And my thinking has always been like, oh, but you guys are younger than I am. You don't have kids. Like, you know, it just doesn't work for me. And finally, I said, let's get over that and try it again, Jen. Let's just be willing. Let's just be willing and see, you know, be vulnerable, be willing. So I did the thing, put my my profile up, <laughs> texting them pictures. Does this one, is this one okay? Is this too much? You know. And I started on the thing and I, it was literally just, 
I did it for an hour and I called my girlfriend who was helping me do it. And I said, I can't do this. This is just too long. I'm lonely doing this. Like it's sad. I'm so sad. These are all people. And I'm just, because it's the one I was on, I was on Tinder. I'll just tell you I was on Tinder because they said, oh, just go on Tinder. It's easy. It's not what it used to be. So when you swipe left on Tinder, which means you're saying, no, I don't want to connect with that person. It stamps a big, it looks like it's stamping a big nope on their forehead <laughs> as it swipes. Uh, I just was like, that's so, oh no. But also, I just kind of gave into it and thought, well, this is part of the process. It's kind of like you're browsing for the perfect sweater. You know, just think of it as like a rack of clothing and you're like looking for your size and looking for the right texture. And it doesn't mean the other sweaters are awful. They're just not a good fit for you. So that's how I kind of had to change my mentality around it. Finally, I found one or two that I swiped right with and matched with them. One or two, you know, didn't, we didn't message. One messaged me some disgusting thing that was so inappropriate that I deleted him. And um, then the other one, you know, was like appropriate and respectful and cute and funny and, and witty and and uh, anyway, we ended up going out on a date and I cried all the way home in my car last night. And I was, had been thinking, you know, I need to do this episode tomorrow, today. And what am I going to talk about? And as I'm crying on the way home uh, from this date, I was like, I think I know what I need to talk about. And uh, so I deleted my Tinder account this morning. And again, like this man is lovely. There's nothing wrong with him. He's not defective. He's just not my guy. There's things that I wish I could give him tips on, like don't pick your food out of your teeth with your fork at the dinner table. Don't, when you bring me back to your apartment, don't walk into your kitchen and do a snot rocket into your hand in the kitchen sink and think I'm not going to know. Things like that, you know, but very handsome, very smart, very well-spoken took me to nice places, you know, but it just wasn't a match. And I just thought, I can't, I can't keep doing this. And, uh, and I have so many other things that I want to put my energy towards. And I calculated sort of roughly over the last 12 days, I've probably spent, you know, an hour a day swiping left on this thing. And then another, just add another total of, two hours messaging these people. So that's 14 hours. That's 14 hours. For me, that's about 10 podcast recordings, you know, or that's two or three articles that I could write and submit for publishing. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, or it's time that I can spend sleeping or it's time that whatever. My point is, it doesn't really fit into what I'm willing to have my time be based on the intention that I have set for my life. And I also want to acknowledge, I know that this works really well for a lot of people. It feels good to them. It feels like a good way of life for them. It feels like a good fit. And I acknowledge that and I respect it. You know, I'm just listening to my body and what happens and what happened last night when I came home and just felt like hollow and I didn't want to do it anymore. So I deleted it, you know, so and that's okay. That is totally okay. And, uh, you know, more will be revealed. So that is my episode on dating 
in my mid 40s as a single mom and and kind of just little bits of what it's been like. One guy, though, I just I wanted to add this in. I forgot to mention, um, and I do have these somewhere tucked away. The two years ago when I was on this, and this was on Bumble, this guy was, it was so interesting. He was a musician. He was a professional um, musician in a symphony orchestra. He was living in LA temporarily. And he just immediately came out and said, I'm a submissive and I think you should be my dom, my, my dominatrix. Right. Cause dom would be if a man is a dom, a woman is a dominatrix. So I, having written a book on a woman becoming a dominatrix, having written a series of erotica under her pen name, was like, sure, okay. And so via via the messaging, we did this for like two days, but I think my my assignments for him, because I've never done this professionally, were a little bit too outlandish. <laughs> so... And I wasn't trying, I mean, I kind of was messing with him because at that point I was already like so done for the first time with the apps. But yeah, I was asking him to do like, go do this and then call me back or not call me back, text me back and tell me that you've done it. And he kept calling me. What did he call me? He called me, um, ma'am, ma'am. He kept calling me ma'am. And I was like, don't call me ma'am. Call me mistress, you know, or whatever. Anyway, that was really fun. But yeah. So moving on, I'm going to find other ways to be vulnerable um, because that's what I want to, that's the kind of partnership I want to have um, ultimately. So there you have it. I love you guys so much and uh, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Join me next week for a fresh episode of MILF Podcast. And just a reminder to visit flirtygirlguide.com and use the code MILF10 for your exclusive discount of 10% off any of Flirty Girl Guide's sex toys. Until then, keep going. I love you. <laughs>